Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I didn't know really what to start with, but then Colin started asking me about octopuses on the Charlotte Sports Today show, and then we all started talking about sea creatures. And then I asked the question to Wes and Fitty, do you guys want to start talking about sea creatures to start the show? And Wes said, no, I don't, (laughs) which is acceptable. I don't know if listeners really want to hear all about that either. Fitty's response was, I like starfish. That was your, that's really your favorite sea creature all across the ocean floor uh yeah they're up there those and um the seahorses <laughs> yes yeah are you asking me if that was a real thing i was want to make sure i got the name right mm-hmm. um yeah okay no excellent stuff yeah starfish and seahorses is your favorite although i thought you might be interested Wes, because i know we were just talking about your kids biology homework like a month ago and i know that he was yeah, talking we about did. about environments and different things of that yeah nature. and i was I was just trying to decipher what is, you know, a sea creature, a fish considered that or oh, what? Yeah. Okay, all 100%. right, because I thought when you were saying creatures and then you started out by talking about some of the things you did, I was like, okay, what well, those are right. Yeah. No, I mean, it's sharks by far. Great whites. Great white because yeah. they're just insane. No, I like they, predators, man. You are a predator. Oh, I don't Whoa, know if I want that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I want that. On. No, Wait we know what you're saying, but we just messing. But yes, that, I like... Okay, but I'll why clean it up. Why would I do that? I yeah. don't know. Why did I call up. you that? I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. And you said it too. Like, you're a why predator. did I you say know, it? You know, you got you that sultry so voice. That. You got that sultry voice too. You're a predator. I am absolutely... Why? No, we'll clean it. I'll clean it up though. I like yeah. apex predators. Okay. Yeah. I guess. That's what I like. I, I'm i sorry. I could for, be an apex predator. Yeah, I set you up for failure. <laughs> I, I set myself up for failure. So if I came back and said, yes, I am a predator. Well, hold on. I'm still trying to explore just what went through my mind because I, I also said it with, with a little a little bit of, of a seductive nature. That's what I was saying. Yeah, you got a little salty. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Either, either I'm like Chandler on Friends where he likes shark porn or I'm like something weird where I'm talking about something very inappropriate. Yeah. All of it Easy is, tiger. This has gone yeah. horribly, horribly wrong. Yes. I wanted to start with sea creatures and I apologize to everyone we have a lot of football to talk about let's talk about the coaching staff ben johnson saying no thank you to <laughs> carolina being their head coach or really any head coach um he's not going to be that for any franchise he's going back to detroit because the panthers he, can't be a predator for him anymore no they can't um <laughs> man that sounds bad too yeah I, I don't think we just need to let's have great movie that, though let's have that word be taboo unless we're referencing the movie do we like the movie? have either one of you seen that yes. i mean i know sometimes we get caught up in the age gap. Mm-hmm. The Predator was way before y'all's time. Well, I saw, I saw. You the saw first the new one. one? No, I saw the first. Oh, one. The, the OG with Carl Weathers and Arnold. Yes. Yeah. The, the scene that spoiler. I think we're okay with the Predator, <laughs> the first one. But the one that I remember, the scene I I remember is Arnold Schwarzenegger putting mud all over his body because oh, yeah, the Predator's yeah, yeah. heat vision. Yes. And yeah. then not being able to see him. Yeah. That's what that's what I remember from that movie. And the first time I saw it, the only time I saw it, yeah. it's probably like. 10 years old. We don't get action movies like that anymore. 
We don't. No. There might be fire fizzle action movies. We could do mm. that. Boom. Good tease. Yeah. 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 Um, That's a good one. Well, and now Salesman is asking me this, and I'm glad he asked me this. We're going back to Sea Creatures, baby. I'm sorry. Uh, we're we're going to get to the coaching stuff. I guess that matters more. But Salesman <laughs> asked me, Walker, is the plural, uh, plural of octopus not octopi instead of octopuses? Octopuses refers to uh, eight buck fans in the same room. Goodness gracious. Um, no, it, it is. Octopuses is the plural. So many people go octopi, but that's not it. So if you didn't learn anything else, you can learn that I can start the show really uncomfortably so. And now you know the plural word for octopus. But now we're going to go to the coaching search. We'll get to that in just a moment. Ben Johnson backs out. He's going back to the Detroit Lions organization. I thought Jeff was coming in here to, to scold me for talking about sea creatures. I really <laughs> thought that was happening. He just walked into the room. But we're talking about Ben Johnson backing out. And then the big story, Mike Florio writing on NBC how much sense it would make for Sean Payton and Tom Brady to team up with, yes, the Carolina Panthers to be that head coach and quarterback combo. So am I going to get credit when this happens? No, why? Because I was the only one standing on the hill yesterday saying that this is going to happen. And, and that Tom Brady is going No, no, not Brady, but Peyton. It is oh. slowly coming together. It's, it's, it's just starting to manifest itself. Can you claim credit for that? Yeah, because everybody else like, no, nah, y'all not getting Peyton. It's not going to happen. Fitty, and I was like, I, I said that I think this is going to happen. Fiddy, I'm calling BS on this. Uh, do you feel like Wes can claim credit for Sean Payton <laughs> if he eventually becomes the head coach? No, he can't because Wes, Wes is just out here. I was the only one Wes that said just it. out here no. capping. Five minutes into the show, Wes is capping. Did I, I not say yesterday that I thought Sean Payton, I said, I specifically stopped you mid-sentence, and I said, <laughs> I think that, oh, no, when you were done talking about Ben Johnson and you said you thought he was the guy, I came back and I said, I think there's more to it with this Payton situation, and I said, I think that, that Tepper is going to spare no expense <laughs> to get him, and I said, I think that he is going to be the guy. I don't remember that definitive, but again, you guys accuse me of not listening all the time. That's anyway. right. That's so right. we can tell you anything. You, you guys are the worst too. You guys now your your friendship. I usually try to divide you, but it's getting stronger today because yeah. now you're both going against me. Uh-huh. Let's talk about it right now. It's an interesting conversation on the bus ride here, but it's time to get off and talk a little bit more about the God. I can't say anything right. Let's get off the bus. Yeah, let's we get off the bus. Off the bus. I got something to say. Damn. All right, Ben Johnson said he wanted to stick around with Detroit because there's something special happening up there. This news came in yesterday from Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network. What do you make of the news that the offensive coordinator that had such a good year as first season play calling is actually sticking with the Lions, working with your boy Jared Goff, and also sticking with Dan Campbell? I think he just felt like that he wasn't quite ready yet. And like he said, he feels like there's something special brewing in Detroit. I think he likes his job. Hey, sometimes you get to a place and you like coming to work every day. You like your job. You don't want to go anywhere else. It might be more money. It might be more responsibility, but you like where he he is at. He likes where he's at. And, you know, there's something to be said about that. Dan Campbell seems like a great guy to work for. From what I saw on Hard Knocks, that staff looks like a tightly knit staff, and they enjoy coming to work every day. So, hey, he doesn't want the stress of being a head coach and all that pressure and everything falling on him, plus him being a young guy. 
He enjoys where he's working at. He feels like they're building something. What's wrong with that? Yeah, I. it's interesting to turn down a head coaching job so early, but what also is something that's pretty risky is you can go to Joe Brady, who was in all of these head coaching interviews, never got one. Now, it wasn't because of Joe Brady wanting to come back to Carolina. Mm-hmm. It just ultimately never worked out for him. But what ended up happening was there was enough evidence afterwards that nobody wanted Joe Brady to be the head coach anymore. Ben Johnson is a great play caller. I don't think this is going to happen to him. But nevertheless, there is some kind of risk factor in you going back to your OC job mm-hmm. with a quarterback that is a little dicey sometimes, despite our debate about the guy. Right. And if it doesn't work out as much as it did the previous season, then did you miss your opportunity to become that head coach because those things are few and far between unless you are a Sean Payton that has all of this success and some other names that might be in that tier. Ultimately, I don't think that's going to happen, but still, we can go a little deeper as to why Ben Johnson would turn down a potential Panthers head coaching job and stick with the Detroit Lions, let alone, by the way, the fact that it's the Lions franchise. If you were to tell me three years ago that someone decided to stick with that franchise, one that is historically a loser in the NFL, Mm -hmm. then I would have said you're crazy, but it's happening here this offseason. And we've also had uh, we've also had some other coaching candidates decide, you know what, we'll not do the interview with Carolina. We'll stick around with our situation as it currently stands and then maybe move on to other opportunities elsewhere. Now we can get to the Sean Payton thing where Sean Payton is going to interview with the Carolina Panthers later this week. It was reported, I believe, this weekend or maybe even Monday, if I'm not mistaken. But Sean Payton's going to have that interview. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk on Twitter, he wrote an article how it would make a lot of sense if Sean Payton and Tom Brady would team up and be the head coach quarterback combo with the Carolina Panthers, which would be weird because not only are you going after a head coach that was one of the bigger figures of being a division rival in Sean Payton, but now you're even going after Tom Brady, who took away your first ever Super Bowl appearance in 03 when he had that drive to lead to an Adam Vinatieri game-winning field goal. And then he became a division rival when he played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the last few seasons. Would you, if you're a Panther fan. Try to put yourself out of the Tom Brady fandom that you have surrounding you. Mm -hmm. If you're a Panther fan, knowing Tom Brady has caused you pain, knowing Sean Payton has caused you pain, Mm -hmm. would you welcome the QB head coach combo of Tom Brady and Sean Payton to the Charlotte area? Well, you would have to because you know how potent the situation could be. Now, maybe this could be akin to me and how I cheated the Lakers when they bought LeBron and how I dropped them because I didn't want LeBron on my my team. So maybe some Panther fans will feel like that. But according to my Queen City magic theory and just being a native charlatan and how things go around here, this feels like when Reggie White came or when we got other some other legendary type of players. But I think of Reggie White as far as just the icon, just top of the top caliber guy that came here and he had five and a half sacks. And knowing the luck of this city, We'll get Tom Brady. He'll come here and get like Tommy John or he'll get injured or something to happen to where he is not even close to what he's Tommy been John. in his career. <laughs> he'll be he'll he won't even be close to what he once was in his career and he will be disappointed. So can you get that that's a great point. If we go to the comparison, if we go to 
Kevin Green. Can you get the twilight that saw Kevin Green come in at 36 years old in 1998 and bring you 15 sacks one season, 12 sacks the next? Can you get the Kevin Green production from Tom Brady, or do you get the Reggie White production where he's maybe the best defensive end of all time? Absolutely R.I.P. But keep getting them checks, goes to Carolina, doesn't have the same type of production. So, yeah, it's fascinating. (laughs) And overwhelming no on the Garage Door Guru text line, someone wrote, hell no. Another one, all caps, hell no. Why do you want a geriatric QB? 910 number said, Brady is washed. Another person just said, no. No caps, no punctuation, nothing. Just no, just as a straight fact. So that's what we're getting from listeners through the Garage Until Door Guru Until he comes in and wins. That's correct. If he wins. I'm sure that's what a lot of Tampa fans probably thought too. But that's first. really tough to accept. A, if you were to get a Super Bowl, <laughs> Clearly, you have to accept the championship, but it would be weird to pull for Sean Payton and Tom Brady in the city of Charlotte. I can't even wrap my brain around it, to be honest with you. And my brain is not doing a whole lot of good work today because I made you out to be something of a criminal at the beginning of this, (laughs) and I said it as seductively. So I'm going to try to be better. We're going to try to clear our mind during the break and be better talking about Ben Johnson backing out of not only Carolina, but saying that he is going to stick with Detroit as the offensive coordinator. We'll visit the campus corner. All North Carolina teams, they win who played last night. And then we'll get to Greg Olson, by the way, at 1 o'clock. Yes, Carolina Panther tight end. Greg Olson going to be talking with us at 1 p.m. to support the Hardest Yard initiative that he started all the way back in 2013 to help children with congenital heart disease. So we'll discuss that, plus a lot more on the Carolina Panthers. A lot to go on Weston Walker. And I'll go be a predator. Sports Radio 92.7 FM. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The texts are a complete mess, and it's all my fault. I take responsibility on all of it. You can text us via the Garage Door Guru text line at 704-570-9610. Now, what do you oh. <laughs> Was that my fault, Fiddy? Do I need to take responsibility over that, or are you looking at uh, octopus text as well? Yeah, that's what I was doing. Okay. I, was, I, was, I was lost in the sauce over mm-hmm. here, baby. No, look, I... I will take responsibility for, for making this all kinds of crazy. And uh, and we're going to try to get it back on track as much as we possibly can. 704-570-9610. Um, we did have somebody said, you need to proofread salesman's text because that was awkwardly funny as hell. I think it was. like I, That was really funny. Also, Wolfpack <laughs> James. Wolfpack James just coming in with a text that he experienced something that I dream of. He was swimming with an octopus one time, and he said it was really cool to follow him around. Are you kidding me? I mean, that's exact. Look, if you don't know, you probably do because Fiddy made fun of me and clowned me for it, like for the first two months after he learned I have a couple of fish tanks at my house. But in order to follow an octopus, like that would be a crazy dream fulfilled for me. And Wolfpack James just casually putting it, oh, yeah, man, I, I did it one time. It was kind of cool. If you could swim with any marine life, what would it be? Well, dolphins is everybody's answer, and it's a good one. It's a really good one. 
sharks, you got to be in a cage. I've swam with like nurse sharks before, but you know, they're you don't really seriously. Get, I would like to do the cage with a great white, but I just I just don't even know if that barrier could still keep me from the anxiety I would have. Oh, I, I mean, how bad would it be for you? Would you be? It able to would get be it? really bad because <laughs> as soon as it comes up to the cage, like I'm gonna be. Because see, I'm always thinking about the what ifs. I'm like, what if I'm the one guy uh-huh. that the cage is something malfunction and a screw came loose and it opened up and bye bye West. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> That's the problem, right? You you want to do it just to say you did it, mm-hmm. but really you're yeah, gonna be scared the heart. whole time. You're not gonna you're yeah. not going to enjoy it. Yeah. No, especially if it's showing its teeth and then you got right. and the, like they put chicken quarters in the water for it to eat to to attract them. Yeah, and that's around body, especially if you don't see no. it. And then it comes up and it's oh god. No, those things are nasty looking too. Because jaws mean, messed me up as a kid. Apparently, that's every, still the reason I don't go deep in the water. You're not the only one. That that is such an age gap. That tells your age more than anything else you've said, maybe because there's so many people that say yeah, Jaws watching that ruined made it. them scared. But then to get you in do the see on the news because not too long ago, a Myrtle Beach a shark. There was a shark attack on towards so, the shallow end. I, I I told the story a long time ago on air, but there was one time I was quite inebriated at Myrtle Beach. Uh huh. And in the shallow, nobody saw it. But I saw a bonnethead shark, which is like a hammerhead, but it's got the rounded edges on its face, right? So I saw it, you know, again, inebriated. I decided to try to go catch it. I did. And I was wow. chasing that thing. Nobody could see it because it was under the water. Dumbass. I saw the dorsal fin a couple times, and then it would swim under the water. And I tried to go catch it. There was The, the stupidest thing I did was dive for it. Didn't catch it. Now let's not be let's not get it too twisted. It's not like a five foot long right, shark. Right, right, it's right, right. I don't know, two feet yeah, maybe. Yeah. Still, still big enough to bite me. Yeah. But not one of my finer moments. But also it would have been really cool to say, yeah, I caught a shark one time. I'm just thinking about like hands. I'm envisioning you with like a five o'clock shadow, like drunk and angry <laughs> and like I him yelling. Too much credit. He can't even show his facial hair. Yeah, and then like yelling yeah. at the shark as you. As you jump after, but Pounding then it's also parallel, parallel to things going on in your life. So the anger from things going on in life is translating to this moment. See, I wonder if catching a shark with my bare hands would have allowed me to grow facial hair. Mm, Does that might have all that masculinity just running about? Because now I can't. I don't have enough masculinity. Okay, like that's just how it is right now. <laughs> I barely, barely have a goatee, yeah. and and even then it looks a little rough. But then I would be able to full. Like I, I think I'm I'm going Grizzly Adams immediately upon catching that I shark so with too. bare hands yeah. so that's what i need to do that's the way that we fix it be you holding a shark in one hand and your woman comes up and give you a kiss <laughs> <in the> other, <laughs> yes more turned on that's than right ever. yes slow motion like yeah. baywatch running yeah. towards me mm-hmm. you're my hero yes oh i can picture it now yeah that's what i need to do all right i'm gonna take a vacation i'm gonna take some days Go try off to here. catch a gr- great white though um no thank you that would make me dead 704-570-9610 feel free to text us via the garage door guru text line let's get to this ben johnson back off here because he's deciding to stay with the detroit lions as the offensive coordinator you see this report come in from tom pelissero saying um you know he's off the market now he'll likely emerge as a contender for a head coaching vacancy next season and we'll see exactly if Detroit is able to make the playoffs after what they did, it was a bad start. They go on this hot run. Carolina ends it with just how badly the Panthers destroyed them with the run game defensively. Whoa, they can, whoa, whoa, whoa. They did. Are you giving a little bit too much credit? If what's the name would have lost, uh, who was supposed to lose? And then they would have got in. Uh, oh. Who was the team? 
was supposed that law that one that was supposed to lose and then Detroit could have gotten because it was the game right before it. I don't. They remember. needed the Seahawks to lose to that's right. Uh, okay. yeah. the Rams. Yeah, so I don't say that. But, but I said the Panthers ran for. They put a monkey wrench in there, but they didn't end it. The Panthers ran for a hundred. They destroyed him in that game. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought you were saying. I'm just trying to say the Panthers ran each guy, Chuba Hubbard and Deontay Foreman. They ran for 100 yards in the first half. Right. And they got after him. They did. And, and, and any stats that were accumulated offensively for Detroit, it was No, but I was saying you said they ended their playoff. No, they ended they ended that hot stretch is what I was okay, saying. Okay, all right. Now, yeah. okay, there you go. Goodness gracious, man. I'm trying to give him credit for ending a hot stretch and then say that, uh, you know, Detroit was still very good. Anyways, all right, let's move on. Ben Johnson um, in charge of what, I mean, resurrection that they had throughout this entire season, and he did an excellent job. What do you, are are you disappointed? I mean, did you want Ben Johnson to be the head coach of Carolina when it was all said and done? Uh, No, because it's it's just a crapshoot. Uh, with any of these coaches, you don't know what they're going to come in and do, especially a guy that young, that's that inexperienced. You don't know what you're going to get from them. So, no, I I mean, I wouldn't say that. The Detroit offense was good. I have said over and over I felt like he did more with less. But also, you know, it's not like he coached an offense that was averaging 40 a game or something we've never seen before. It was a very good offense. But, you know, it is what it is. Well, the other weird thing, too, is that he did not go through – the interview that was scheduled this week. He called this process off before he actually interviewed with the Carolina Panthers. And here's Jim Zoki talking about just that, how surprised he was at that particular aspect. I guess we take him at his word that he wants to uh, sit out this cycle and uh, do another year with Detroit and build off of what they've got going on up there. So I think to me, that's the premise is he's going to stay in place. And, uh, and that's where he wants to be right now is to stay with Detroit. So I don't know that it's about... Carolina. It's interesting he didn't take the interview, though, because I think it's always yeah. good to go through the process because he wants to be a future head coach. I'm kind of surprised that he didn't want to at least take the interview because I think there is a lot to be learned by going through that process. I've seen coordinators in the past. It took Ron Rivera many cycles uh, to become a head coach out of being a defensive coordinator in uh, in two different places. So to me, I think he should have taken it. Well, and, and to be fair, I think we're in a different era and philosophy of how you hire coaches, right? I mean, now... After the Rams hired Sean McVay and took flag for it because of how young he was. And then it worked out getting to a Super Bowl the second season, winning one after they traded all their picks, right? And all that stuff. That was the thing to do. It was to go get the young offensive mind. And that still has some relevancy here with Ben Johnson, Joe Brady. I mean, there's, there's so many different names that you could point to and say they had a shot. So... I am interested if Ben Johnson still has the same kind of intrigue next season, but I do expect Detroit's offense to be clicking at a high level. My question is, with Ben Johnson backing out before he even interviews with Carolina, he had already interviewed with the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts. Is there anything Carolina's doing to deter him from an interview? Does he look at the situation? Does he see some of the coordinators that are being interviewed where maybe David Tepper wants Ben Johnson to be paired with a Marquand Manuel with the Broncos defensive coordinator or something like that? And does Ben Johnson feel like he's not going to have as much control? Does he see, okay, Sean Payton's in the mix too. It doesn't look like I'm going to get this job. I'll just stick with Detroit. Is there something going on from a Carolina Panthers angle here, Wes? I do think it's interesting he did not want to take the interview, as uh, Jim Zoki said. Oh, I mean, another coach, man, dumping a Charlotte team. I mean, Kenny Atkinson all over again, huh? No, not really, but he didn't take the job. And then, <laughs> but, um, but no, I don't know that uh, 
I just think he got to a point in the process to where he's already done interviews and things like that. And I think it just came to him that I think he also may have looked at situations and said to himself that how quickly can I have success here? We know that in the NFL head coaching, you're going to get about two years. And I mean, that's from, from what we've seen from some situations, that's being generous, two to two and a half years. And I think he might have looked at some of these situations and said, well, hey, in two and a half years, can I get this thing going if I even get that much of a chance? But I also think, like I said, I think it's something to be said. I think to a man, if you asked him, I think he just enjoys his environment, what he's got going on. He wants to continue to build on that. And he may just be looking for what he feels like is the perfect situation for him. And maybe he felt like none of these – obviously, if the team is looking for a coach, then something went wrong. There's something amiss, something not good with the roster and things that are going on. But I think maybe he just didn't feel great about any of these situations and said, man, I'm just going to stay where I am. Well, and and Joe Person put this tweet out yesterday. He said, quote, on Panthers candidates pulling out of interviews, my understanding is D'Amico Ryan's situation with San Francisco was more of a gray area. Panthers were interviewing on the East Coast last week, and Ryan's rightly wanted to stay in the Bay Area and prep for the playoffs. And so timing didn't seem right oh, for them. But then he said, Ben Johnson, that reversal was a jolt. <laughs> I didn't hear what you were saying. I, I love that. That D'Amico wanted I to prep for the playoffs. Staying grind. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Turning down the Panthers. Just to lose to the Cowboys yeah, like he yeah, always yeah, does. Yeah. Just fall short of the ultimate goal. That's like last D'Amico, year? That's D'Amico, Ryan's, you're talking and about the like, 49ers You're talking best. about like last year? That was last year. Oh, okay. Sometimes driving is harder than others. And today... Today has been a real problem. I can Part, drive and you can ride. Do you want to? With the kids in the back that's making up a bunch of noise I'll, and I'll spilling pull it over stuff. right now. Yeah. I'm trying to talk about Ben Johnson yeah. and D'Amico Ryan's a little bit. Okay, yeah, yeah. Back on track. Do, the logistics. We will. I will pull this over. We won't go to Disney World. Yeah. I promise you that right now. <laughs> pull it over and we'll go right back home. But with Ben Johnson, is, is, this, is this the right play? Because here we are talking about turning down a head coaching job. That's really hard to come by, and maybe those opportunities don't present themselves next season. The offensive line is pretty good here in Carolina for the first time in a while. You have DJ Moore. You have a pretty good run game. Don't know if Deontay Foreman is going to be here long term, but there are nice pieces to work with, especially when you have the offseason to work with with free agency, the draft, whatever. you got to figure out the quarterback. Or is this the right play for Ben Johnson to stay with Detroit? Because you do have a good offensive line there. You do have some weapons to work with Amon Ross St. Brown, DJ Chark. Mm-hmm. Even if you get rid of TJ Hawkinson, you still have proven this ability to be successful with the offensive pieces that you have in place. And you can be a part of something where the Lions actually get to the playoffs. Is this the right play for him that opens up maybe an entirely different feel of, well, now you're not picking from the Texans and the Colts and the Panthers, but just like Sean Payton openly wanted that Chargers job, maybe Ben Johnson is waiting for Brandon Staley to fail. Like, does something like that open up for him after next season is done? Well, that's what I was saying. He may be looking for the right situation. But to be frank, I'll give the Panthers some credit here in that the Panthers have about as good of a situation as you could ask for as far as entering into a new job. I mean, a lot of times when you're going and starting as a new head coach, the cupboard is pretty bare. You, you're definitely, or in a lot of cases, you're not very good up front. You don't have a lot of pieces at at the premium positions. And so you're really kind of starting from scratch. And I think the Panthers do provide a lot for a new head coach to come into and be successful, especially if you're an offensive guy with an improving offensive line. I think you have to start there. 
And look at that as one of the reasons you would like to come because you do have an offensive line you can compete with. Okay, you do have a, a number one receiver. It may not be, you know, top of the top of the line number one receiver, but you have that. And you have some decent backs, but you can go find some running backs, maybe not a stud game changer, but you can find some backs and you have a guy here in Foreman and Hubbard that have proven that they can be more than productive. So there's some things here to work with. You got to go find your number two receiver. You probably going to want to go find your tight end. And then obviously you have to find a quarterback. And maybe he looked at Sam Darnold and said, I can't do much with that. Or maybe he said, do I really want to you know, start with the young guy and with where they're positioned in the draft? They're going to have to give up too much to go up and get the guy that I do like, that mm-hmm. I could work with. So, you know, there, there's a lot of situations there because the Texans, I think that that job, man, it's going to have to be somebody that really just wants a head coaching job because they look as unstable as ever. But I do think the Panthers do provide a lot for a new coach to come into to be able to start the foundation for what they want to build. So the last question before we move on to the campus corner next segment, if it's not Sean Payton, then you still have Steve Wilkes. If it's not any of those two, then the wide pool that you are entering from starting to shrink because D'Amico Ryan's gone already. Ben Johnson, somebody that was reportedly, uh, you know, being the guy that David Tepper was enamored with. With ben, was Ben Johnson, and then he doesn't even get an interview with him. So now he's Man, a, nobody's talking about Ken Dorsey. Anymore. He's out of the. Nobody's really talking about Ken Dorsey. I haven't even seen an interview with with a Ken Dorsey, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. I know he was kind of rumored to be that guy. Yeah, he hasn't been endorsed for a job yet. I see what you did there. Okay, there's a there's a good joke from Fitty and Shane Steichen <laughs> did undergo an interview, and so I wonder if Shane Steichen is is a name that we're not paying attention to enough again right like and this is how this whole coaching cycle stuff works you have a hot name for a day and then you move on and you move on it just all comes at you like crusty crabs in the meme on twitter where you're looking all over the place and everything is just chaotic mm-hmm. shane steichen finds himself back at the forefront i, I wonder if that's going to happen with the eagles offensive coordinator if indeed it's not sean payton but it could be and sean payton seems to be the favorite right now with everybody talking the way they yeah. are, let's explore it a little bit further on Weston Walker, but not before we get to the campus corner and not before Fitty flashes us for the first time today. Here I am <laughs> being creepy once again. I got to stop. Fitty, provide us with a Fitty flash. Well, Walker, I don't <laughs> know if you were seductive. awake when this happened during the middle of the night, but there was a little upset at the Australian Open as the number one overall seed and defending champion Rafael Nadal was beaten in straight sets to have an early exit at the 2023 Australian Open. He was upset by Mackenzie McDonald, 6'4", 6'4", 7'5". He was dealing with a hip injury, and at one point in the match, he was looking up into the sky and crying. Uh, This very well could be his last time playing in Melbourne. But, uh, yeah, so the first major upset just paving the way for the greatest hard surface tennis player of all time, Novak Djokovic. The cakewalk to a dom or to another win in Australia. Well, and even Kyrgios is out of the Aussie Open. If you have any love for someone that obviously is so talented, but has not won a major yet, but had kind of had a good 2022 season. So he's not going to be in the field. You are talking about Rafael Nadal now upset. will be interesting to see if Djokovic is able to take advantage of another Aussie Open after having been left out of the field due to COVID restrictions the last couple of seasons. You're going to be watching. Wes Bryant. This is Wesson Walker on 92.7 FM Take Campus us. Corner, right around the corner. You heard it from Wes. We'll talk to you then. <laughs>
the 12 o'clock hour on Wesson Walker. Remember, after the campus corner, coming up next, Greg Olson, Panther legend, current Fox Sports analyst. He'll be joining us to talk about the Hardest Yard Initiative, a charity that helps children with congenitive heart disease. Of course, his son, TJ, suffered from that and had a few surgeries as a child and has gone through a couple of other ones as he grew up. But Greg Olson and the family, they have made sure to help out as many children as possible with that disease, and they've been doing it through the Hardest Yard Initiative. And so we're going to talk to him about that, plus a lot of Carolina Panthers stuff, all the coaching search conversation. We'll get to all of that with him as well, again, at 1 p.m. And then we'll post that on our website, WFNZ.com. That will all come after the campus corner. We have some college basketball to discuss in the Carolinas. How about every team that played last night in the state of North Carolina? They all got a victory. NC State got the win. And you hear uh, from Randolph Childress yesterday on Mac and Bone. He says NC State might have the best guard play in the entire league. People really don't know because of the portal what teams have. But one thing we know about NC State, Their backcourt is as good as any in the country. And when you have that, if they play well, they're tough to beat. They have the big men by committee. Burns and those guys are coming in. They're kind of shuffling those guys around. But there's not a stronger one, two, three guard play in the country. I mean, Jaquel Joyner, dynamic. Tarquavia Smith is definitely an all-conference player. And Casey Morsell is shooting at 46, 47% from three and plays elite defense. Those three guys are the anchor of that team, and they're playing well. Smith had 25 points against Georgia Tech. Joyner had 19 in that 78-66 win. Do you agree with Randolph Childers about the backcourt playing for Kevin Keats? I do think they are uh, the best duo in the ACC. I did that game last night for the ACCDN on all platforms, the Georgia Tech game. And they're playing great basketball together. They're a heck of a duo. They're averaging 34 points per game combined. They've made 84 combined three-point field goals and averaging 8.2 combined assists between the two. Sequavion Smith leads the ACC in three-point field goals made. And the thing about these two that makes them so dangerous is that they can score from anywhere on the court and get their own shot, but also create for others. And I think that's the thing that makes them so tough to deal with. And they have pretty good size. Now, Sequavion Smith is a little bit slight. Like I said, kind of push you in the mind of Jamal Crawford. But as far as just the way that they play together and the way that they play on the court, um, well, obviously, that's the same thing. But both of those guys, like I said, I think what makes them so dangerous is they they can both uh, get their own shots and they're just playmakers for themselves and others. So, now, yeah, I would say they're the best duo. Is that fair, Carolina fan over there? Or are you still going to take Caleb Love and R.J. Davis as the best guard duo in the conference? No, I mean, I think the numbers would suggest that in the ACC, they're the best. Not the best in the entire country. Let me, you know, I I would introduce him to Kansas State's backcourt, which was dynamic last night in their upset win over Kansas. But the thing about it and why this state team is where they are is Kevin Keats finally has the right blend of guys to play the way he wants to play. He has enough depth to, to full court press the way he wants to full court press. And so that's why you've seen the turnaround in Raleigh, uh, which is going to, you know, lead to a massive game Saturday afternoon in Chapel Hill, and it's all because of that backcourt. That's going to be a fun game to watch. Also, Wake Forest got the win last night, 87-77 against 19th-ranked Clemson. So Wake Forest moves to 14-5 and overall. They're still 10-0 at, at home. They have not lost yet at their home arena. Wake Forest getting that victory, Wes. Uh, how big was that for the Demon Deacons and Steve Forbes? Well, it was huge, man, since last season at 28-2 and at the Joe. Clemson came in one of the best shooting teams in the country. 
as far as three-point field goals are concerned. They only shot 29% last night. And our 87, oh, excuse me, Wake Forest is 87 points against Clemson are the most the Tigers have allowed in conference play. And the biggest thing I like, when they lost to North Carolina, Wake Forest turned it over like there's no tomorrow. But they only had six turnovers. That's the lowest by an ACC team against Clemson this season. When Wake plays that way, taking care of the basketball, they look spectacular uh, last night. My man Appleby, 24 points, seven assists, five steals, played all 40 minutes. So big-time performance from him last night. The Deeks took care of business, and they look like a team that's going to finally uh, be able to make a little bit of noise uh, in the league. They did it last year, but this team looks more like uh, you know, just a complete team. Okay, so NC State gets the win against Georgia Tech. Wake Forest gets the win against Clemson. And North Carolina, close one at home, but they get the win against Boston College, 72-64. to Caleb Love not shooting well at the beginning, and then you win on that separating run where he goes on a 5-0 individual scoring run. How confident are you in the heels after last night, Fiddy? Did, did, you, did you come away from this game feeling better, Worse, the same, or are you kind of upset about them not having beat Boston College by more than just the eight points they did? No, I'm still feeling encouraged because they found a way to win a game when they didn't shoot the ball very well. Just 43% from the field, but 14 offensive rebounds. That led to 19 second-chance points. you got to find other ways to win during the course of the season when the ball doesn't go through the hoop. They did that last night. They did not allow a three-pointer. For the first time in 1,120 games, they're locking in more on the defensive end. It wasn't pretty, but it's not always pretty. And, and the most important thing was they came away with a win last night. Armando Baycott got another double-double, I believe his 60th of Tying his career. Tying with Billy Cunningham for the most all-time at UNC. Going to be a special resume Baycott puts together. So here we are talking about all these wins. Wake Forest, good season. North Carolina struggles at the beginning of the year, but still a good basketball team, at least just a good basketball team. And then here you have NC State playing a lot better under Kevin Keats this year. Who's the best team in the state? Wes. Duke included, even though they didn't play last night, who would you say is the best college basketball team in North Carolina? Well, I felt like at first uh, NC State was the hottest, but that's because I wanted to see what my Deeks were going to do last night. So I'm going to go with my Deeks. And there's not any type of homerism going on here. They've won uh, six out of seven including over what was then a number 14 Duke squad. They beat Virginia Tech just like NC State did. They did have the loss to Carolina in there. But listen, Florida State's coming alive as far as ACC play. Their overall record is pretty bad, but they're starting to wake up in ACC play. And then they take care of Clemson last night. They've got number 10 Virginia on Saturday. But I feel like uh, it's the Deeks right now. They're playing complete team basketball all the way around. That Carolina game, you know, we'll come back and get that one later and avenge that one. But uh, <laughs> I just feel like right now, just to stick it down on the six out of seven, and they've beaten some pretty good teams in that. I'm going to say Carolina because I've seen them beat Wake Forest. They're the team that I think everybody that covers college basketball in the ACC, you trust them the most because you know what they're capable of doing when they play their A game. There's not a guy in this conference that has an answer for Armando Baycott. He's the best big man, not just in the ACC but now in all the college basketball. And it's it's only because I've seen them beat Wake Forest. If, if Wake Forest beats them in three weeks, which is a very good chance, maybe maybe the answer is different by then. Uh, I, I disagree with that. Not because, you know, like I said, just being a homer, but Carolina lost to Pittsburgh and Virginia. 
And they did beat Wake Forest, yes, but Wake Forest had so many turnovers in that game, and a lot of them were unforced errors. And I give Carolina credit for the win, but as far as just the quality of the resume, as far as what have you done for me lately, in Carolina's biggest game. Okay, they did, but in your other two biggest games, you lost. You lost to Pittsburgh and you lost to Virginia. So, I, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of sizzled out there. A little bit of underwhelming of a win last night against Boston College as well. And you know what's crazy about that game? Boston College did not make a three-point field goal. That's something I never thought that I would see in a basketball game. Well, and maybe in a loss, if they would have won, that would have been even crazier. But you're right, it was close. Yeah, I mean, they, Boston, said, they said Carolina didn't allow a three-point field goal for the first time in 33 seasons. Yeah, that's actually insane. No doubt about it. And to not see a three-point made field goal, it, it's crazy. I, I want to get to this John Wall soundbite a little bit later on. It's about Tyler Hansborough, and it's about why John Wall did not go to Carolina or one of the reasons that he did not go to Carolina coming out of high school despite coming out of high school in the state of North Carolina. But instead, I do want to get to Greg Olson coming up first. He joins us to talk about the Hardest Yard Initiative, the event happening on February 27th at Stake 48, where 100% of the donations from the event go to the Hardest Yard program, helping children with congenital heart disease. We're going to talk about all of that, plus some Carolina Panthers topics ahead. 1 o'clock, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.